We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 1991 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University of get to some trade chatter i actually want to start uh, with the kings because they've been a team that have been rumored frequently uh, and discussed a lot as a team that's probably going to be very active heading into the trade deadline you hear harrison barnes name uh, brought up a lot buddy heel's name brought up a lot deer and fox's name brought up a lot but where hornets fans to me are going to be most interested that rashawn holmes's name has been floated <laughs> out there as someone that could be available and we talked about him a lot this past offseason uh, as a free agent target, I even had a, uh, I, well, I guess it no longer exists because our buy me a coffee site no longer exists. <laughs> I wrote an article. Yeah. I wrote an article about him, uh, with his push shot, his pick and roll defense, just his ability to play within the Charlotte offense. I want to throw out a fake trade. I don't know if this is plausible. I think the trade itself is fair. I think Hornets fans might hate this trade and I'm not totally sold on this as you know, something that I would buy into. But here it is. Kings send uh, Rashawn Holmes to Charlotte. Hornets send P.J. Washington. Okay, this is where people are going to hate me. And James Booknight to Sacramento. So again, I'm not entirely sold on this move, but this move to me would, one, be a win-now move. But you also get Holmes for the next three years. I can't remember. He has like a player option in 2024. And I think Spencer and I mentioned this on a podcast a couple weeks ago, or maybe just a week ago, where we're probably uh, thinking that the Hornets are going to be very hesitant on giving up first round picks. So I would agree with that. So I would, I'm using James Booknight here as a first round pick type of player. Um, if you can include Plumley instead of Washington, like Plumley plus Booknight for Holmes, the salary financially that works, I'm just not sure Sacramento goes for that. So. Like I mentioned earlier, the biggest holdup I have with trading P.J. Washington, and you guys just did a good job of talking about some of his uh, issues lately, is that they lose a stretch big. And Holmes is not a stretch big by any means. And I think that's very valuable to this team. So just something to think about. Do you guys have any thoughts on, one, Is that de- does that deal seem plausible, Holmes for Washington and Book Knight? And two, if you were in Cupcheck's shoes, would you do that? So quickly on Holmes, I just don't really understand just generally why the Hornets would trade for him because 
they could have, I mean, we don't know either the Hornets decided that's not the guy for us from free agency or home said, I want to stay in Sacramento, but either one of those scenarios that happened last summer, why would the Hornets now go trade? Why would they trade stuff for this guy? Right. Like they could have just signed him in free agency for nothing. (laughs) So I I, I just generally, I don't really quite understand the concept of, as a construct of, <clears throat> of trading for him now, uh, unless you just love him that much and he decided he wanted to be in Sacramento and free agency. I would say, Richie, to like PJ and book for Holmes, like I understand he has two and a half years left on his deal, but man, that's I, I think Sacramento would jump all over that. I think so too. I, probably, I don't mind dealing PJ and something for. Rashawn Holmes, but I, I think that you, you know, your most recent lottery pick plus PJ Washington, who's made a lot of your your offensive style possible. That that seems like a high price to me. But you, you brought up a good point. I mean, you have him under contract for numerous years. I think he does immediately make Charlotte better um, on both ends of the floor. So it's interesting. I, I just like I said, I led with. I don't really get trading for homes when it was seemed very obvious Charlotte that should throw him 20 million a year in free agency last summer. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say this, maybe to your point, I think that he wanted to go back to Sacramento. There was some kind of like hometown discount that he wanted to go back there. And then maybe <laughs> as probably most people do, they regret <laughs> decisions like that in Sacramento. And uh, maybe yeah. he's rethinking that idea. And maybe Charlotte was in on him to an extent and maybe they just couldn't get anything done. And maybe they do view highly for him, but yeah, I agree. I think that's a it's a lofty price to get Holmes here. I just don't know what other trade could work within the construct of the financials. Yeah, the the I said it's funny because like the 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 report. I guess I think maybe it was Sam Amick from the Athletic. Maybe some other insider had the like the report of oh the Kings are maybe not actively shopping, but you know open to deals for Rashawn Holmes. It was after the it, it was a couple weeks ago, but. Like the week before that, we had done a podcast and I'd actually brought up the concept of like, I wonder if, if you go back to free agency last summer, like if the Hornets and Holmes could like have a mulligan for all of this. Right. And, and then if they, if you could give them a second opportunity, would they just like, you just say, Rashawn, look, come play with Lamelo. Like this guy's going to make, we're going to throw you a ton of money. Come play with Lamelo. Like we're going to get you back to these coasts. Like this is, this is going to work really well for you. Um, like if, 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 if both parties would have interest in doing that um, now it's tough because you'd have be having to give up, you know, real, as opposed to using cap space to sign them, yeah. you'd be giving up, you know, real players, real pieces um, to, to bring them in here, including your most recent lottery pick. And, you know, who knows if you're going to be able to hold on to the, the first round pick this year, you know, if and when that'll be, um, Move to I, I guess Atlanta now after the, uh, the 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 New York Atlanta deal for Cam Reddish, but um, look Holmes is like is exactly what they need, and like he would be awesome with Lamelo, like just a, a, a great pick and roll partner that can catch a lob, that can finish on the short roll, like he'd be yeah he like he'd be awesome in, in that regard. He's the exact like archetype they need on the roster it would just be kind of a tough pill to swallow even in this hypothetical sense to be like, you could have had this guy and not have to give up any of your lottery picks. You know what I mean? You just, just cap space. to now all of a sudden, uh, you know, trading for him, but, but he didn't have to give up, you know, two guys. So I, I think, yeah, I think Sacramento would be interested 
in it. I think PJ would be like a nice fit with Halliburton going forward. Maybe book night would as well. Um, but, uh, and I think, I mean, I think both sides would see like some sort of like material improvements to the roster, but it would be a tough one for, for Charlotte to, to I think, to, to justify potentially. Lee, what would you, what would you give up for Nurkic right now? Let's talk about <laughs> use of Nurkic. That's, yeah. that's who I had written down. Um, I've always liked Nurkic a lot. He has had kind of a interesting up and down career. He's also obviously had injuries, but like if you go back, if you go back two years to the bubble, like he was awesome in the playoffs in the bubble, and and ha- obviously has played in in a bunch of playoff series with Dame and McCollum. What what's what's interesting though is like I think a month ago you would have you would have leaned towards maybe Portland's going to kind of blow this thing up. And now, all of a sudden, like, Portland has kind of, like, come alive. I mean, a- Anthony Simons, you know, we won't go down that road, but he's been awesome. And Nurkic has played really well over the past month and yeah. a half. And yeah. now they've got, like, a yep. comfortable three-game lead in the West to stay in the play. And so I guess my point of all that is, like, you wonder – if Portland's brass is less willing to kind of ship assets that, that help them stay in the conversation this season. I don't think I, it'd be really hard. I think to get me comfortable, uh, like, like I'm the one making decisions here, but it'd be hard to, to get me comfortable <laughs> with a package, including PJ Washington for use of Nurkic, um, because he, he's an expiring contract one. And like, you know, what kind of pairing is, is Plumlee and Nurkic? Like maybe Plumlee would be part of that deal. Yeah, I think so. Is it like, is it a, okay. So is, is it Plumlee and a young and a young player? Daniels? I don't know. Maybe. I, I really think that Charlotte could at least, here's my, um, here's how I'm working through it in my mind. Yeah. Okay. So I think that Portland, like Portland ceilings love, right? But like you say, they have they have some breathing room in that play-in race, which get gets them a little extra revenue. Maybe if they can get to seven or eight, excites their fans whether or not they have to go on the road or they play at home. So you make that trade at the deadline. There's not many games left at that point in the season. They got some breathing right. room. Plumley plus like just imagining that they with Plumley in that spot, or if they want to bring him off the bench, whatever. Like they can stay afloat long enough to stay in the play-in and. They can't re-sign Nurkic. That no. team is taxed to hell, right? And so they're not going to get him back. So it would. So if if they can accomplish two things at once, stay in the playing race, which I think they could talk themselves into, while also getting something for Nurkic now before the clock, you know, strikes midnight. I just think it makes too much sense. So I'm thinking Plumley and that New Orleans pick, which has a very very outside chance of still being a first round pick, right? But but it's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, then it converts to two seconds. Like to me, and, and if they play hardball and want a young player, I think I would hand over McDaniels or I would hand over. What do, I, what I mean, do we think? Um, what do we think Nurkic is as an upgrade? Is it a, is it a 5% upgrade? Is it an 8% upgrade? Is it a 12% oh, I, upgrade? Yeah. I think you're more in the 12 to 15%. I mean, I, yeah. I think he's, he's a lot, he's a lot better. Um, yeah. than Mason Plumley, I think, especially offensively. Now, you know, that's Mason meaningful play, then. That's really meaningful. Yeah. 
In my opinion, I mean, maybe he's nothing. Because like you said, Lee, we've seen really, really bad Nurkic for a lot of the season. In the last month or so, we've seen really, really good bubble Nurkic. So it's like I'm willing to take that gamble if that deal I just laid out is enough for Portland. If they want McDaniels, fine. You can, you can also, like, uh, you know, Nurkic has – I feel like it's all with Nurkic, all, so much of the offense, in part because of the partnership with Dame, has been like, what do you do on the short roll? And I think it, it's been – it's good sometimes, and it's been it's, – it's just been – it's been a little spotty. He, he'd probably have a different setup here, though, you know, in part because it's like, you know, the, Charlotte isn't just like a pure spread pick and roll with like one of these premier, you know, you know uh, – deep pull-up three-point shooters. You know, it'd be one thing if, you know, Nurkic was playing here with Kemba a couple of years ago. Think about, like, I, I feel like Nurkic and Cody Zeller, you know, had similar offensive styles of just like, and, and, I mean, Zeller is, he's hurt right now, but just those guys who had to, had to find their way making plays in space on the short roll. I would be cool with Nurkic, assuming it also came along with like, hey, no post ups for you. All right, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not doing any of the, any of those post ups. We're not. We got enough of those in 2017, 2018 from Dwight Howard uh, to last a lifetime. The other thing you can you could say with Portland, as far as like Plumlee is, I mean, like he's played with some of the guys. Like he's played with CJ and Dane before. Like he was on the Blazers for for a, a, bit of, a, a period of time. The other thing you could try to like. Portland with Plumley is like I can't remember what the exact number is, but he's non guaranteed for next year too. Yeah. So just like it's a nice piece to have on your roster, gives you a little flexibility. Maybe it's a trade chip, like whatever it is. So it's like there's a little oh, I can take the the Plumley contract as an asset and turn it maybe turn it into something else one way or the other. So it's, an, it's just like another another little like lever that you could use to like sell Portland on it. But um, but yeah, I, I think I would do that deal. Uh, for Nurkic, it would make me really sad if he had to use PJ in that transaction. And like, that's ultimate, like you've got like a rental for Nurkic. Like mm-hmm. that would, that would kind of bum me out. And as everyone who's listening to this is aware, like you lose PJ, you know, you really lose that small ball component. That's just so important to Charlotte's five out offense. Uh, that they they, they want to play. And there's other ways you could try to get at that with Bridges for sure. Like he can unlock some of that. He's it's not it's not quite it's not quite the same on either end of the floor. So um but I think I think I would I would think I would lean into that. Uh the this this hypothetical, you know, plumly plus a little bit of draft capital and and maybe one of the other young wings. I mean losing McDaniels is potentially tough because you might you might need his defense in the postseason. Um but th- that just might be the cost of doing yeah. cost of doing business here. Yeah, I, I like Nurkic as a player. Uh big M- impact player on both ends of the court. He's got an edge to him. He's a bruiser. And to your point, Brian, like you know, maybe eliminating the post ups, but I, I feel like some of his best basketball recently has been because the offense runs through him in the post and he likes to be, you know, bang bodies down low. I think that's just something that he enjoys doing. So I wonder about the fit, like this, the style fit, like, you know, he's obviously going to be a positive player on the Hornets team, but maybe he won't be as seamless transitioning to the team. And I I guess that's the thing with any kind of trade that you make, you know, regardless of the the talent that's coming in, it's not going to be an immediate impact, regardless if it is a 10 or 15 or 20% increase in talent on the court. There's always that feeling out process that they have to do with their teammates. The reason I didn't uh, bring up Nurkic to begin with, because I thought there was a report that came out that he was actually told by uh, the interim GM that they have no plans of trading him. 
but you know, mm. we never know if that's true or not. And especially with the fact that he is a unrestricted free agent this upcoming off season, you would think that Portland would try to entertain some trade yeah. ideas. But. I was, was going to mm. say, I, would, I love the thought of a you know, like, hypothetical where the, the, you know, the Portland front office gets a call from NBA team X, Y, and Z, and they're willing to unload a couple of like draft picks or whatever for, for Nurkic and Portland's <laughs> just saying, look guys, we had, we had no plans of doing this. So we're just, we thank you for the offer, but, but no thanks. Um, yeah, as well. We just have, it's not, it's not in the cards for us. No, I mean like, Spencer said this, like financially they can't bring him back. You should absolutely be trying to get something as he heads out the door. Like that's just, that's just being frugal or why, whatever you want to call it. It's just like part of the deal that comes with like running a like competent NBA franchise. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After kind of bouncing that around... It, it it does seem like one of the more logical moves to make at the margins to improve the team without without giving up without giving up PJ Washington. Frankly, um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I don't know if you can. And, and maybe y'all have some other ideas. But do, do, are there any other names you guys want to? I have one other name. To I got throw one other out. name too. Let, let yeah. you, go, you go ahead, Brian. Yeah, go ahead, BG. I, I threw out holes. Okay. All right. What are your thoughts on Robin Lopez? <laughs> just just yeah. thought about Robin Lopez. Yeah. I, I mean, as long as his body still works, he's been he's been laying on that baseline for a while. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, I know. Start stretching. Um, so yeah, I don't, he, he's yeah. the tough thing. I don't know. It's like I don't know the piece that you would get. Like Lopez, I almost hope that just like Orlando would just buy him out, and you could try right. to sign him. You know, as opposed to like because it, right. it's tough to think about. Like he only makes five million dollars a year. It, it's it's just like you look at the Hornets like caption, you're like. I mean, there's definitely like a couple like thing guys you could offer, but it's like none of them really make a lot of sense. I think as like a yeah. trade possibility. So I think the hope for that would be like Orlando, please buy him out. You're not you're 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 playing him every third game or whatever, and then the Hornets you know sign him you know uh, late in the season, and all of a sudden he gives you a little bit more insurance and in a guy that can play drop and you know can can just be a big body in the paint for you. If you ever need that to play, you know, Joel Embiid or something. It, exactly. I, I think, I think it, it would be hard. Like I'm pretty sure the Hornets are, I don't know my sheep pulled up, but pretty sure they're neutral in second round picks right now. And I, I doubt that they would really be interested in going into the, in, into the red on those second round picks, unless it was yeah. for somebody that you really knew was going to impact. But like you were, like you were saying, BG, I mean, for Embiid, like, 
Lopez would be great. Like he can eat 20 minutes. He can eat four yep. fouls. Like that's yep. the kind of guy you need if you're going against Philly. But so I, I think buyout is the more likely scenario. Um, I, I would just have a tough time giving up anything for a guy that like yeah. I just literally haven't seen play this year. The idea of him does make sense though, Charlotte. I think that, you know, we've, we've exhausted the Miles Turner talk, I think, since the injury. Like, that, we can, we can probably count that off yeah. the table. We don't really need to talk about that. The only other name that I – it was actually reported, I think it was Jake Fisher last week, that the Hornets called Houston about T- Daniel Tice. And it, I, I totally understand the idea of Tice and Charlotte and think that it makes sense in some ways – but he doesn't I'm help not, you with him. He also doesn't help you with Embiid, though. Like that's the other. No, thing, you know, he, that's he, the other. He, you know, that that was like an issue yeah. in Boston. You know, he gives you a functional center who can play on both ends of the floor, can shoot it from outside, not at a high rate, but at least can do it. Right, at least can put two feet outside of the three point line and, and shoot <laughs> that shot, which Plumlee can't do. Right, so that's important. But I'm not real fired up about paying that guy for three more seasons. Yeah. Like that that's the part. Like if the Rockets wouldn't have done that dumbass contract with him, I would I would be okay with it. But they've shot themselves in the foot. Good luck trading him now. Like nobody yeah, wants he, that contract for three more years. He's also a guy that I would have been interested. Like we definitely talked about him as like a free agent possibility with the Hornets too, right? But it was like obviously that like Charlotte got priced out of that very quickly because Houston gave him just a, a contract that they're not going to get probably good return on um, because the Spencer's just laying out. It's sort of tough to think of him as like a positive as having like, even in a, on, in a marginal sense of like positive trade value right now. Can't flip him. So yeah, just, it makes, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Just to Brian's point, you just, once you take that contract, the the probability of you being able to turn that into anything or move it at all is so low. It's like, what is the point here? One last name I want to throw out before we wrap here, and you guys were talking about needing a guy down on the block that can hold his own against bigger centers and not get pushed around. What about Hurdle? Big guy on the block. Um, he can make it difficult for opposing centers with his blocks and his contested shots. And offensively, he's kind of got that Cody Zeller feel uh, with his ability to kind of work as like a screening hub. Less fragile than Cody Zeller, but definitely has that (laughs) feel to him. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what the Spurs would require out of a trade for him. He's got a very reasonable contract like Holmes in terms of having him for a couple of years locked up around like $9 million, uh, which is great. So you know, could they get a protected first round pick or a first round pick for Pirtle? Maybe. But like we mentioned before, I'm not Charlotte's willing to give up that type of stuff. So if you're talking about somebody that can hold their own in the post on defense, I think Pirtle's a perfect name and Spurs are kind of like in this like limbo, whether or not they are going to be active or not uh, when it comes to the trade market. So that's just another name that I wanted to throw out there. Yeah, I didn't see. Well, I think recently the market came out for what they were asking for Derek White potentially. And I mean, Derek White's a very good player and a very good guard defender. So it's not, it, this is also like not the same, like he's a different, he and Pirtle are different players, different timelines, et cetera. But I thought, it, I thought like the, the price range for, for like a, a white trade was, was like at least a first round pick, I think. Um, so I'm guessing they would ask for a fair amount for Pirtle, nothing like completely, you know, unreasonable, but, you know, the salary to match and, uh, and I'm guessing some, some draft capital would, would be my assumption. I'm guessing they would ask for a first. 
yeah. uh, for, for a Pirtle trade. This conversation is a bummer. It's like these are all guys Charlotte could have tried to sign in free agency. I remember Holmes, mentioning Pirtle. Ty Pirtle, yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah, I, exactly. really, I know you, you exactly. specifically did. Now it's like yeah. the thought of, like, you know, having to give up stuff to get these guys that you theoretically could have maybe tried to sign. I mean, Pirtle was restricted, right? So that that, that would have been tough, but – yeah, I don't know. he was. It's, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. bummer, you know. Pirtle, you know, he's making nine this year. He's making nine next year. I think he's 26 years old. Like, I would just think San Antonio probably has him in their future plans. Uh, you know, his cap hold's going to be low. He's going to be easy to resign when he hits free agency the summer after this one. And, yeah, I, like Brian said, I think this one will cost quite a bit. Yeah, I threw out Washington and McDaniels. And maybe that's not enough to get it done. Brian, what are your thoughts here? Uh, not Brian Geisinger, but Brian here <laughs> in Twitter spaces. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. I, I, I know there's, I mean, the, the center trade target talk for Charlotte's been pretty prominent all season. I, the, the other name that was mentioned in the Jake Fisher article was uh, Shetty Oseman. It's, I don't know if he's like a viable fit for the team, but I think under the radar, Charlotte getting additional wing depth at the deadline makes a ton of sense, especially given, you know, the Ubre and Hayward absences and the book night, Rosier, Ishmith you know, one, two, three lineup. I feel like if Charlotte can't get rim protection, getting an extra guy that can be a perimeter defender or someone who can help, you know, provide three-point offense off the bench, if there are wing issues with health and safety or injuries or whatever throughout throughout the rest of the season, to me, it makes a lot of sense, but I, it's not something I've heard a lot about. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on adding in-depth instead of post-depth. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think it makes it, – it, Regardless of how your roster is built, I always think it it always makes sense to add wing depth, especially two way wing depth in this league. So, like from that standpoint, I get it. From the other standpoint, it's like, okay, well, who's losing minutes here? <laughs> you know, like is it Jalen McDaniels? Is it Cody Martin? Like, I mean, I I do think that's our deepest position when when the Hornets are at full strength. So, from that standpoint, I, I don't understand it. I guess it would matter who's going out. Yeah, so I, I don't. I don't know on the Osmond that that one that one kind of surprised me a little bit. I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't know where it's coming from. I mean, he just seems like an average player to me and everything that he does. And we actually mentioned it, Brian, before we even started the podcast about mentioning his name on this portion um, of our of our conversation with Jetty Osmond. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would take. But to, to Spencer's point, yes, it would be nice to have wing depth. But at whose expense uh, is Jetty Osmond coming in and taking over? Lee. BG, any thoughts on on uh, Osman? Uh, Osman's uh, he's one of those guys where like if you catch him on the right night, you, you're kind of like, hmm, like this, <laughs> this guy should be a starter somewhere for like a really yeah. good team. And then if you catch him on another night, you wonder why he's not playing in like the third league in Bosnia or something. I mean, I, I think you, I think you guys kind of covered the landscape there pretty well. Like always, a welcome thing to add kind of versatile wing depth particularly and maybe this is recency bias but like you know when you have a couple of these guys out like it certainly would have been nice to have another good sized two-way wing tonight that's for sure I think the question with any of these margin moves is you know what's the price and I know that's kind of a cop-out answer but I just think it's true yeah I mean like unless Osmond could I mean, I think of him as just more like a, like a, a three-point movement shooter. He's not like a rim pressure guy, right? I don't have, like it'd be one thing if it would be one thing if it was like all of a sudden like wow, Charlotte's got like another guy that can like pressure the rim and can like do this and give them like a 
you know, someone on the wing with some size and some playmaking skill. But but if it's really just like a you know a, a secondary guy that's going to just spot up or whatever, it's like that that's not doing a, a lot for me to kind of have guys that that fill those voids and I think have some nice defensive upside, a la uh, you know Jalen McDaniels. Boy, what a blessed year for the Cavs! Like some unfortunate injury luck aside, but they're just like you can tell they're like one of like the the it teams this season, deservingly so. Like they've been awesome, but like you know Kevin Love's like maybe going to be sixth man of the year. Jetty Osmond has positive trade value. Uh, you know Mobley's been the you know Mobley's been the best rookie in the in the league. Like. Rubio was having was one of the bench best like bench guards in the league before his injury, which was a which was a bummer. But just like yeah, they've got the Cleveland's got kind of a magic touch right now. It, it seems like um, and obviously like Garland and Jared Allen have blossomed into potential all stars this season too, which is obviously huge for them. But um, yeah, it doesn't I'll be honest with you, it doesn't do a lot for me. Certainly a guy that's you know six seven six eight that can make thirty six percent of their threes like that's not nothing. You want those guys on your roster. It's just like Charlotte does have McDaniel. They have. They have uh, Kelly Oubre. They've got these secondary pieces, guys that come off the bench and can check some of those boxes. Um, So it's it's not doing much for me right now. Um, But 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 I I guess I can kind of like in a vacuum see the appeal of someone like Osmond, just not with this roster specifically. As we're just thinking about this out loud right now, a, a, a fun trade, I think, between Charlotte and Cleveland involving Osman would be a Kelly Oubre, Chetty Osman challenge trade to where, because I just looked at, at Chetty's contract. I'm like, okay, he's guaranteed he's under contract for one more year than Oubre. And then the following year, like Oubre, he's partially guaranteed. So if Charlotte could just kick the rock down the road one more year on a low guaranteed salary on a young player. I think he's 26, 27. And I'm pretty certain that Cleveland needs some, some financial help. So they just wave Ubre this summer if it doesn't work out. And now they, they cleared some money. I, I don't know that that's, I don't really just, I, I don't see another construct here. Is, um, is there any guys that can dribble the basketball in Cleveland and we don't, is, really there, have any, is there any way to, to wriggle out, um, like, like by doing, by doing, by like kind of expanding on the Osmond trade talks. Is there any way to, to, to maybe unearth an Isaac Okoro from Cleveland? I mean, I, I, I think I, Cleveland needs guys that can. They need someone else that can dribble right now, right? Yeah. And I, you got to imagine, BG, that the vultures are circling, trying to get, trying to get Okoro out of Cleveland. Because he's yeah, been I would he's be, shown flashes. Too. Me too. I loved yeah. him. I loved yeah. him out of Auburn. And he has not lived up to it. His own ball chops are, you know, basically nothing. And and not that he came into the league showing that kind of stuff, but I think there's more in there. I really do. I mean, it all revolves around Garland there. I, I, yeah. I there's gotta be teams trying to do that. I don't yeah. think for Charlotte it makes sense because we just don't have like like we're not trading Lamel. Like anybody that can really dribble on this team outside of Ish Smith, like we're not trading them, right? And they're yeah. not trading for Ish Smith, so it's like there's not yeah. a deal there for Charlotte. But somebody's got to be knocking on the door. Yeah, I just his his defense is just something that would fit very nicely onto Charlotte's roster. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I don't I don't see like the bridge, and, and I, I I buy like I think Acoro is going to eventually uh, find water or find land or whatever as a, as an offense 
a player. Um, and then, yeah, just, uh, I like the, the, the athleticism and the physicality and the defense, but, but me throwing this out there is more wishful thinking than, you know, just sort of wondering if there's some way you can backdoor your way into what is, you know, a, a very good young, um, prospect. When we talk about a core, I always get flashbacks to M- MKG. So that's, that's, the, that's the type that I think about. One of, one of my favorite, pods that we ever did for Buzzbeat. We recorded it like, during like the summer of 2020. I'm talking about like heart of year one of the pandemic. And I, Cause I remember listening to it on a pandemic walk in my old neighborhood in Raleigh. And we did, we talked about a and MKG. It was like the final pod that we ever talked about MKG. Um, <laughs> the, it was like, it was like we, we said our piece about and as, as three guys that were like, for the most part, I think, we, we all sort of saw value in MKG, right? You know what I mean? As a, and I, I, even on that pod, I remember thinking like he would get signed after the stint in Dallas that didn't, you know, didn't really work out all that well. And I mean, he's not played in the NBA since then, but we had the same conversation. Uh, we talked about Okoro as like a potential draft prospect, but uh, that was clearly before the lottery because the Hornets moved up to three. And took uh, Lamelo Ball. <laughs> you know, I won't, I, I won't lie. Um, you know, if we're not going to let PJ Washington play more than twenty minutes of small ball five, you know, I, maybe MKG could come in and get a few spot minutes. And, and I mean, why do we need to tax Miles Bridges to play all these small ball five? I don't understand. I, Let's I, I literally, here. I literally, there was one <laughs> off season. I can't remember if it was the twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. I like half seriously brought up NKG is like, why couldn't you bring this guy in? Right. Like, what, yeah. what, what stopped me at this point now, it's been two, it's like been two years. So it's probably too long, but yeah. I, boy, he left, he, he, he left the week, the league quietly, didn't he, man? Like, and Richie, he had some moments see, in Dallas, right? Yeah. Did oh, you yeah. see him at like Home Depot in Charlotte like last I, year or something like that? I did see him at Home Depot. He was buying a shovel for some reason. Maybe he was burying his basketball career. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, so, I think so, man. Uh, um, he just, he's a guy that I, I wish he could have had more of an extended run with the, like how Charlotte has morphed around LaMelo. Because I think he's a guy that could make sense for Charlotte as a small ball five who could give you some short role playmaking and give you some defense. One more speaker request. I know we got to wrap here. We've been going too long. Eddie, if you're still with us, thoughts on trade talk or, or just something completely different? Uh, it was trade talk. It was um, going over and hearing you all speak about players who I guess we would like to have on a team who I guess we're looking for players who can help that aren't too much. I mean, we know that Joel Embiid's a beast and the players that can stop Joel is, little maybe you can count them on a hand how many players can slow him down at least but in my mind if Mo Bamba was available for the same thing Nurkic is going for would you would, would what would y'all think about that because of course he's on a team window Carter just got extended they have some young players the uh, Wagner brothers who are cousins or they have their they're young and they're still on their rookie deal and trying to just get out from under uh, his contract because I, I don't know if they're going to pay him this summer or if he even wants to stay there. So just a thought. wanted to put it out there. Bamba's he, – yeah, he's interesting. That's a good name to bring up. I, he's just one of those guys that if you're trading for him, you kind of have to have the mindset, at least I think, that you're probably going to resign him. And I would say from uh, the evidence we have, that's probably a, a, a tough assumption. 
And I, he's just on a playoff team. He's a good name. I think he's like yeah. a, a team that's rebuilding instead yeah. of trying to get him in free agency. Just go ahead and snag him now, get his rights. I, I think on a playoff team, it's tough to plug him in and, and talk yourself into it being an upgrade probably. Yeah. But he's but he is a good fit for what Charlotte wants to do. I will say that. And he shot he shot from the, the three ball pretty well this year too, which helps. So he gives maybe gives you can. You know, give you some of that the, the the five out while keeping a rim protector on the court. He's a name that I've kicked around in my head the last couple of weeks too, in part because like I've I've considered even even before he sort of like I mean I think he's done some nice things this year. I think he's sort of like moved himself out of being like a, a prospect in distress or whatever. I think you can kind of look at him now and say like you know we're not going to second like you don't need to like second draft this guy and then like resuscitate his career. It's like, I think ultimately Mobamba is going to stick in, you know, he's going to stick in the NBA and be, be, be a guy that's on rosters for, for a long, long time. And maybe he can eventually help you out. But Spencer nailed it. It's just like, I don't think he's like for a team, like the Hornets that are trying to like chase wins, win now will also not like, you know, mortgage, mortgage, any sort of serious future piece. I don't think he's the like I don't think he's the the guy for that. Although like I would like he makes sense like in terms of just like his like archetype as a player makes sense on this roster. Um I just don't I don't think he's the guy to like check this specific box, but it is absolutely a name that I've like again, I just kicked the can on in my head. Real, real quick, on Bamba, I'm just looking at his his details here. He has a $22 million cap <laughs> this summer because of wow. where he was drafted. So it would make sense to, yeah. to trade for him, but it is a guy that I would just keep, just jot him down for agency watch. Just throw the full mid level on him. Yeah. That, that, that exactly. could be feasible for Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like he's going to be there. Like, I mean, Eddie is right. Like Orlando has made a commitment to, to Wendell Carter jr. To an extent. And, um, and like, there's still like, you know, Orlando also might draft Chad Holmgren. You know, in a couple of months too. I mean, we'll we'll see. They're they're going to have a good pick, and there's there's a lot of good ways they could go with it. You know, and you look, maybe they'll think wing, and you know, they'll go AJ Griffin, or maybe it's Jabari Smith, maybe it's Ben Caro, but you know, it could certainly be Holmgren as as well. So you know, we'll see how that all shakes out. But yeah, I do think like Bamba is a guy that I would put a little asterisk by because I think he's he makes sense, just not in this. Not in this context, in this like in this like two month, three month window of time for the Hornets. Let's go around here real quick. Just a one word answer. You tell me, are the Hornets making a trade? If you had to predict between now and the deadline, which is February 10th, uh, we'll go to Brian, then Lee, then Spencer, and then I'll give my final thoughts. So go ahead, Brian. Yes or no? I'll say I'll say Yes. Maybe no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll go I'll go no. I think they stand yeah. pat. Yeah, no, because they don't have a lot of wiggle room to take on too much extra extra salary. I think that hurts them here. Yeah, I will uh, make it three of four and say no as well. So, upcoming games for the Hornets: Boston on Wednesday, Cavaliers on Friday. Both are important games, as we mentioned prior. They can definitely go either way. I can see them winning both of these games. I can see them going 0-2 in the next couple of games. So we appreciate everyone for tuning in here live on Twitter Spaces. For Lee, for Spencer, for Brian, I'm Richie. We will talk to you guys next time. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? 
Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.